Welcome to Because and Effect, a podcast from the Winnipeg Foundation, where we talk to people about the causes they care about and the effect that it has on their lives. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Trevor Lafort is helping change lives in Winnipeg. As executive director of the Winnipeg Aboriginal Sport Achievement Centre, Trevor is ensuring that the staff and kids under the WASAC umbrella have everything they need to succeed. Not only do they focus on sport and removing barriers, but WASAC is Canada's largest employer for Indigenous children and youth, and it helps them transition to adulthood by giving them real-world experience in a multitude of ways. The thing that we're most proud about at WASAC is not our programming, it's the amount of uh, youth leaders that have come and, and developed and have uh, been great mentors to uh, the youth behind them. I sat down with Trevor Lafort, Executive Director of WASAC, to talk about opportunity through sport, instilling a community mindset, as well as the holistic approach to wellness and improving the lives of kids in Winnipeg. Trevor Lafort, welcome to the Because and Effect podcast. Great to have you here. Oh, it's fantastic to be here, Nolan. Uh, I, we've had a couple of discussions uh, uh, over the years, and, and I'm always uh, really happy to speak with uh, the foundation. Awesome. Well, as the executive director of WASAC, the uh, Winnipeg Aboriginal Sport Achievement Center, uh, how long have you been doing that? First of all, I, wa- I was kind of looking online. I couldn't find your tenure. So how long has that been for you? Um, I-, I started working there full time in 2009 as the, the finance manager. I had uh, WASAC's been around since 1999. And uh, when they were a little bit smaller and they didn't have uh, full staff, I, I did some uh, consulting work on their financial end because most of the stuff they were doing was programmers and kids. Uh, I came on in 2011 as executive director after my predecessor, Kevin Chief, uh, went on to uh, uh, work in politics. Very cool. So I guess you just passed your 10 years or you're at your 10 years now? What's I the... guess so. Yeah. Congratulations. It doesn't seem like that, but uh, yeah, it's been uh, 10 years of, or 12 years of working at WASAC full time. Uh, and they're the best years of my life. I, I cannot uh, imagine having a better uh, place uh, and family to be a part of. Well, it's such a cool organization and such a great mission. But maybe for our, for people outside of Winnipeg or people who haven't heard of WASAC, give me the give me the breakdown of what you guys are all about and what you do. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I mentioned earlier, WASAC started in 1999. And I think we started out with two leaders and we had 30 youth that uh, took part in our programs. Uh, now, in the past year before COVID, uh, we employ uh, annually about 115 leaders, uh, the bulk of which are Indigenous. And we run programming for uh, uh, Indigenous youth across Manitoba, um, about 5,000 kids. And uh, the bulk of those are Indigenous as well. So uh, uh, we've grown leaps and bounds from our initial years. And uh, um, it seems like there's uh, always something new and exciting uh, going on. And we're just kind of branching out. Um, but the, the coolest thing about WASAC is, is, uh, is, is our legacy. It's, it's not in the programming we do. It's the, the amount of uh, great, how many great leaders we've had that have worked for the organization through the years and, and the things that they've gone on to do uh, either at WASAC or, or in uh, their, uh, uh, their lives after it. Is part of is I'm assuming part of it, it since you've been going for so long a lot of the kids who maybe come through the program become leaders and, and get involved with the program like that what what's that pipeline like and how does that how does that all work It's exactly as you described I always uh, call it uh, climbing the ladder so we have kids our summer camp uh, programs uh, start for kids age seven uh, so what happens frequently is uh, kids come to camp at seven uh, they go there for uh, five or six years till they're 13 14. Um, and then they become junior leaders. And, and what we have is a, a, a program called the Youth Achievement Program, where we develop them into becoming youth leaders. Um, it's their first uh, jobs in many cases. 
Um, they're, we, they're learning all sorts of different things about being responsible worker, uh, time management, all that sort of fun stuff that you don't really know when you're young. Uh, then after that, they, they kind of graduate on to becoming junior camp leaders at our uh, summer camp. And they're usually there for a couple of years and then they become senior camp leaders. So one of the cool things I, I was mentioning, there's always something that's evolving at Wasac is uh, we found uh, we were having a problem because uh, uh, the kids weren't moving on after they became senior leaders. They weren't kind of moving on because there was nothing else after that. Uh, so we decided to develop a program uh, uh, in partnership with the Business Council of Manitoba called the UCO program, where kids, our senior leaders from our programs, would go intern at some of the biggest uh, companies in, uh, in, in Winnipeg and Manitoba. Um, so that allowed us to kind of open those floodgates, because when you had everybody staying as senior leaders, it stopped that sort of uh, flow that you had. And it was it was tougher because it's tough to to say goodbye. But uh, we knew that the, those youth were fully capable of doing anything. Uh, and we knew that the reason why they were uh, fearful of going is because they had always been a part of the Wasack family. Uh, um, so allowing us to to work and partner with those uh, great organizations allowed them to continue to be part of the family. And then they also would bring that knowledge back from those organizations to speak to the, the current work, WASAC workers to show them that uh, they, they too are capable of, of uh, doing these great things. That's so rad. That's such a cool, you know, pro and, and uh, having been there for 12 years now, you've probably seen some of these seven-year-olds who are now 20 and getting into the world. What's that like for you when you see some of these kids gr literally growing in front of your eyes and becoming little, little adults? <laughs> it really is crazy. Um, we were talking earlier before we went on screen about uh, how COVID has messed up timing. But when you think back at that, that really just messes up your time. And you're sitting there and you're like, I still think I'm a fairly young man. Uh, the, the number on the birth certificate uh, says otherwise. But uh, you look at some of these kids and you see them at eight, nine, ten years old. And, and now they're in university and graduating university and going on to careers and starting families, and doing all that extra stuff. Um, I mentioned, uh, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned it on camera, but uh, during this COVID thing, we've, uh, we've had to look at things a little bit differently, like, like everyone else has. And one of the things that we've really put our efforts into is uh, developing a WASAC Alumni Association. Mm -hmm. uh, because like I said, we have so many great leaders that have come through the organization. And uh, in speaking to uh, the members, uh, to so many different members of, that have gone through WASAC and they hear what they're doing and, and how they want to come back and be able to pass on their uh, experience and their knowledge to the youth. It's just fantastic. So that's one of the uh, the unintended benefits, I guess, of, or not a benefit, it's unintended uh, uh, circumstance from uh, dealing with COVID is, is we were able to kind of get to some things that were kind of on the back burner. So right. uh, the Alumni Association and coming up on 25 year anniversary in a couple of years, um, just you look back more and more as you get older about uh, some of the things that, that you've done and you can be really proud of. And so like I said earlier, uh, the thing that we're most proud about at WASAC is not our programming. It's the amount of uh, youth leaders that have come and, and developed and uh, been great mentors to uh, the youth behind them. For sure. That was going to be my next question was talking about COVID. So maybe like take me back about a year. We were talking about the when the NBA first suspended play. And that was kind of when people were like, oh, this is a real big deal here. Uh, so bring me back. What what did you think was going to be the case? How did that end up being different than what uh, what you guys maybe initially had planned? And just kind of walk me through your COVID experience at WASAC. Well, first of all, what we wanted to do immediately, like I, I mentioned that uh, that night the NBA shut down the next morning. I 
what we did immediately, we talked about it on a staff and a board level, was get the people home safe. Um, there's no need uh, to be uh, risking this. Uh, we put a halt on programming. Uh, we were coming up on spring break in a couple of weeks anyways, and we typically tend to shut down the office that time because most of our programs are run in school. So it allowed us a couple of weeks grace to kind of get a feel for what was going on. Still, we didn't really know what was going on. We were very fearful of uh, funding situations. Um, thankfully, the Winnipeg Foundation did come through uh, for a lot of different groups, us being one of them. We were lucky enough to uh, qualify for a stabilization grant. Um, that was our big fear in the first initial months, um, was uh, how, how did this affect our funding, uh, whether it be from corporate, uh, government, or any other sort of sponsors. Uh, so we did a lot of work, and there was a lot of uh, nail-biting about uh, how everything was. Everybody's kind of flying by the seat of their pants. Um, but once we started to get uh, more familiarized, uh, we realized in speaking with uh, many of the youth that we work with is that they were, they were missing that sense of connection. Um, they were worried about, uh, uh, were we having summer employment for them because they were looking at uh, um, having to raise funds for going to university or whatever it was. And so our, our, our biggest goal after we started to get the uh, uh, funding aspect uh, kind of cleared away was uh, to make sure that we ran as as a full, uh, full, uh, um, as full on of our programs as we could safely. Uh, so normally we have a camp uh, that runs uh, eight weeks in the summer and we have uh, 250 kids at one location at the old X uh, in North, uh, Winnip North end of Winnipeg. Um, but this year we couldn't get 250 kids together because of the restrictions. So what we ended up doing was uh, we had uh, 10 uh, uh, satellite camps that we uh, ran with uh, our partner school divisions. So that changed a lot. It, uh, it made things a lot different. It wasn't a huge group, but we did things in manageable numbers. Uh, it put more responsibility on uh, our youth workers. There is a lot of responsibility on the youth workers at the best of times. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, having to uh, navigate through this uh, COVID minefield and then uh, taking on new steps and be, being completely new. Um, frankly, um, it, it couldn't have gone better in terms of how they adapted to it and how they uh, took on the extra responsibility and, and became even more leaders to these youth. So uh, uh, I mentioned earlier about the Alumni Association, there being unintended benefits of, of something like this. Uh, but seeing our youth uh, come forward and uh, uh, just rise, rise to the occasion and, and, and be do even better work than uh, we're normally accustomed from them was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, we also developed a program uh, because we had plenty of conversations with uh, youth uh, during those uh, March, April, May, uh, those months. And, and, and one of the things, aside from being told that they were worried about summer employment was uh, um, they just want some connectivity and, and be part of something positive. Uh, so we started a program uh, called Wasat Cares, uh, where we uh, deliver uh, uh, PPE, uh, uh, food hampers, mm. uh, recreation supplies and games uh, to families that uh, um, are part of the Wasack family in the North End. So we had youth working on that. It was the youth that were the ones that were putting together the packages, it was the youth that, youth that were the ones that were delivering it. Um, so that was a great story. And to have the youth be a part of the uh, uh, the revival, for lack of a better term, of uh, getting things back to as normal as you can and being able to help out uh, uh, fe fellow Wasak family members and, and families uh, that were in need of these services. Uh, that was really uplifting. So for us, COVID, uh, like everyone else, uh, uh, it, it's prevented 
pro uh, provided some uh, struggles and, and roadblocks, but uh, really I, I couldn't be more pleased by the way our youth uh, banded together, um, kind of just saw what needed to be done, uh, did everything in a safe, respectful manner and uh, got our services out to as many people as we could. That's so huge and so cool to think of, you know, when you think of just a, a, a sports organization or a sports team and you kind of extrapolate all of the uh, all of the benefits of being on a team and being in a community and understanding how that all is tied together. And you, you kind of like I've been playing hockey for 30 years now and, and been on sports for 30 years. And I, I feel like there's just a disconnect with people who have never played a team sport or who never really got into it. They don't really understand what you get from it and they don't really see what you're just describing right now when it comes to just understanding we're all in this together. We're all on the same team. We're all paddling the boat in the same direction. So how, like, what are the kids' responses when they get to literally make the world a better place thanks to your organization and thanks to the opportunities uh, that they get within it? You know what? It's a sense of belonging. That's mm -hmm. what I what I find the most of it, right? Uh, um, kids are always looking for a sense of belonging. And if you don't give them that path, they'll find that uh, sense of belonging somewhere else. And it could possibly be a negative one. Uh, so giving them positive avenues to uh, to take part in something, to better their community, uh, to be a part of something uh, bigger than themselves. Uh, like you say, with the sports team, we, we've partnered with the Winnipeg Jets for years. And we have a Winnipeg Jets Wasag night that comes up every year. And we're proud of it. Uh, but... As a, as a person who uh, played a lot of sports and, and follows a lot of sports, uh, I, I like that team analogy. Like the Jets, they have the moose and they have their draft picks and their prospects. And, mm -hmm. and everybody, uh, they kind of uh, learn at their levels and then that they, they, uh, they uh, graduate, for lack of a better term, to the next level when they're ready to uh, take on that challenge. And, and we definitely, we, we're sort of that same sort of boat, uh, give everybody responsibility, uh, little bits at a time uh, that they're enough to handle, but allow everybody to kind of uh, find their niche, find their strength. Uh, that's one of the coolest things that I ever uh, see at Wasac is uh, you'll see someone, uh, we had a, a, a guy named uh, Marcus and uh, he came on, it was his first year and he was really fantastic about pumping kids up and getting them ready for things. And uh, he had a love of music. So he all of a sudden just became our DJ. So he was pumping everybody up and he found his niche. He found that something that was special to him that made him special that he could share with others. And there's constant stories with that. It, not everybody has the same skill set. And if you're looking at thousands of, of kids that we have worked through WASAC through the years, there's going to be different levels. Some are going to be great administratively. Some are going to be yeah. great public speakers. Some are going to be great one-on-one. -on -one. And, and I'm really proud that our organization allows them to find their spot and has a spot and has a place for them yeah. where, where they can contribute and be valuable and be proud of themselves. Everybody's got something they're good at, you know. I, they're, they're, it's it's such a common thing for kids to think like, oh, I'm not good at anything, and you just you just gotta find it. So, what are some ways that you kind of coax that out of kids, or try to encourage it, or what what are some ways for for maybe parents or anyone that can that can figure out a way to just is it just be patient till they find it, or is there ways of encouraging, it or what have you found in your in your years? I think it's trust, really mm. trust and openness. Um, when people come to work for us, I like to think that uh, they, they know that uh, they're going to be allowed to, to uh, they're going to make their mistakes like anybody does at their first jobs. I, I remember some of my first jobs and I look back and I'm like, whoa, what was I doing? And uh, so they're, they're going to be mistakes, but you, you, you don't chastise them for it. You uh, uh, show them uh, a different way of doing it explain uh, why why this might not have 
might, might have or might not have worked and uh, let them kind of find their path. And, and then let them, my job as an executive director, I always say, is, uh, is not to do with anything about the running of the programming or any of that. My job as the executive director is to give our group enough resources so they, that I never have to say no. Um, whatever it is they need, whatever program they want to do. Um, we, we have WASAC is Winnipeg Aboriginal Sport Achievement Center, and sport is definitely a huge part of our organization. But we use it more in terms of when we began, it was, it was a great recruiting tool because people would come out. But now we've kind of developed ourselves into more of a, a youth leadership sort of thing. And most of that leadership comes from peer mentoring. So if you're getting a message, uh, not from a boss, for lack of a better term, uh, uh, but from somebody that uh, you look up to in your community uh, and, and they're encouraging you, they've got your back, uh, that trust aspect. Uh, uh, kids really take towards that and, and to allow them to, to find their niche, to find something that makes them special and to tell them uh, that uh, the things that they like are important to us too. I, I think that's huge. And, and, and it really allows the kids to grow. Uh, it really allows them to see their uniqueness, uh, their gifts, all that sort of stuff. So uh, uh, we, we really uh, are big into uh, promoting everyone's uh, abilities, whatever it is that, that is. And, uh, and, and we want to uh, 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 push them towards whatever it is that they want to do and we'll be there to back them up. And, and just see the uh, see themselves being successful right you know see oh this person just like me or it's you know my brother's buddy or whatever it is and then they're like oh he he got to work for the jets or whatever it is or got to go to all these things and it's like just see giving them the chance to see hey this could be you like oh, I think I there's something that we go by at wasak and, and my predecessor i mentioned earlier kevin chief um i i've seen him speak about this Quite a few times uh, he talks about you can't just tell people that they have uh, they have the chance to do the uh, to to succeed. You have to show them examples of that success. And uh, by the peer mentoring and, and showing examples of, of youth uh, uh, succeeding, uh, um, they might have uh, similar backgrounds or or whatever it is. Show them that example. Show them that with hard work and with support and, and with the help of your friends and your, your brothers, sisters, whoever it is, uh, that they can succeed. And, and, and when you mentioned that earlier, like uh, you said, saw your cousin or your brother, that's a big part of WASAC, right? That's a big recruiting tool for us. We get somebody who, who comes in there and works and they're like, wait, I've got some friends or a brother or sister that would love to do this too. They're our, they're our biggest supporters. Uh, they're the ones who uh, trumpet. Uh, they go home, they tell their families about how uh, how much fun they had working there or being part of the programs. And, and that just leads to more uh, things. So it's important to, uh, uh, like I say, I, I try to step out of the way, whatever direction you guys want to go, um, I, I'll be there to support you. So uh, uh, the youth are, are really the driving forces behind our organization. That's so cool and such a great story too. I think you and I, I think we met during when Jonathan Taves came to 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 Wasac and and sort of was talking about the. I don't even remember the program right now, but that was a pretty cool event. Do you have other moments or uh, events or like memories from your ten years that you that you could share with us? Like, what what are some of your highlights from the last ten years? We've got a ton, but that would probably top of mind uh, just as much of the hockey fan as I am personally. 
Um, so that was the nourishing potential event right. and that Jonathan Taves came to the event and thanks so much to all the Winnipeg Foundation staff uh, for uh, for uh, letting us be a part of that. That was just so much fun. But we've had some great events. The Winnipeg Jets Wasack Nights are really, uh, really cool event. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, are, are a leader in reconciliation and, and do a lot of great things. And, and we know uh, uh, from the top on down on that organization that they are committed uh, to uh, to this. Um we there's you know what you're looking back there's so many cool uh, cool events and some of our uh, our trips to our northern uh, community partners mm -hmm. where we got to go up and uh, have like carnival days uh, for uh, the kids in uh, Shimadawa or uh, Lac Rocher uh, those are fun but uh, that Jonathan Taves one that definitely stands out because uh, you can just see uh, um, the uh, the excitement of the youth to have a uh, uh, at the time, uh, well, he still is, but uh, at the time, uh, I think they might have been coming off a Stanley Cup and and a gold medal, yeah, like yeah, and, and he comes to to uh, the north end of Winnipeg and and uh, uh, provides interest and, and and provides his support uh, to a program that benefits them. Uh, that uh, I think that was uh, one of the top ones. So ten years ago, when you first took this job, how did it differ from? what the actual job became and is and versus what you thought when you first stepped into the role? Um, I, I'd been there for a couple of years and uh, uh, Kevin Chief was, it's tough to follow in his footsteps for one. Uh, if any of you know Kevin, uh, he's a charismatic, uh, amazing uh, leader that uh, has bounds of energy. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I've got to uh, follow this. Uh, great. Um, but no, I, I kind of knew, um, when I when I came on, uh, Kevin had asked me to come on. I I, I knew of the organization obviously because I had done some work there, and my sister was working there too. So mm. I had a, 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 a firsthand knowledge of, of what it was like. And and then when you even get there on a day to day basis, just seeing the enthusiasm and all that. So we basically what we've tried to do is is, is we grow bit by bit, but we don't want to overstep our our growth. We don't want to reach too much. Uh, um, grow in a way that you're uh, capable of doing it. Um, grow in a way that uh, you hit the ground running. Um, so basically, we've done that. There's been little offshoots of different programs that we run. Um, again, most of the time, it's at the behest of, uh, uh, of the youth leaders. Um, so it's just incremental growth, uh, getting stronger, getting better at what you do. Um, it's we've got an amazing team that has been long term there. Mm, um, that's huge. I think that's one of the amazing things about our organization is that uh, there's very little turnover because people love it. And I like to think that uh, we treat our employees well and uh, and uh, have their backs. And, and, and I think a testament to that is how many are amazing people uh, that we get to work with. So every day you go into the office and we're, we're sitting there, we're laughing, we're chuckling, we're finding different ways. And like, it's just an open atmosphere. Um, so there's not much has changed really in the 10 years. It's always been that way. Um, it's just a little bigger now. And it's not even that crazy much bigger. It's just little bits of growth that aren't overwhelming. When you do start out a new project or whatever there's uh hesitancy of how it's going to look but uh, if you go in go in with uh, uh, an open attitude and not pigeonhole it into a way that you think it should be mm -hmm. and let it to grow organically uh, um it kind of works out 
Um, so whenever we've tried something new, uh, mo I think everything that we've tried is still going on. So uh, we've got a pretty good uh, track record of success on that. No kidding. That's huge. So, well, what's next then? Because, I mean, we're kind of maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to all this COVID stuff. But what what are you guys planning for the next, you know, six months to a year? Or what, what are you seeing on your end? And what, what what's the plan for the next little bit? The big thing that we're looking forward to is more in contact uh, with our uh, uh, youth participants. Uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff through Zoom and we've been doing smaller gatherings, uh, but that doesn't quite replicate what it's like when you have 30 kids all pumped up to be in the same room, right? Um, so again, uh, we'll see how the, uh, um, the pandemic, uh, whatever restrictions there are, and we'll abide by all those because first and foremost, the, the safety of our youth and our employees is, is, is most important. Uh, but when, once those restrictions uh, uh, are eased up and we've got a little bit of uh, a handle on uh, COVID here, uh, it'll be nice just to see faces more often. Yeah. Um, and from there, um, business as usual, basically uh, uh, providing uh, uh, programming for youth uh, that's uh, beneficial to them, whether it be educational, cultural, sport, um, whatever it is that they choose to do, uh, we'll be there for that. So we look forward to doing it in person as opposed to, uh, uh, via zoom or, uh, uh, um, social media. Yeah. It seems like a common thread is not, um, you know, people coming in and being like, here's the program, here's what you're going to do, do it. And we'll tell you what, what's what you're kind of like, Hey, what do you guys need? What do you want? What do you, what do you need? What do you want to experience? And then you try to kind of tailor the programming that way. And that, that seems to be the way, uh, the, the better way of doing things based on maybe an older model of someone kind of swooping in and saying, you got problems, here's how you solve them. And, you know, you know it seems like you're kind of, uh, you, you allow them to, you allow the kids to figure out what they need as opposed to telling them what they need. Yeah. You know what? Like, uh, uh, I'm in my mid forties now and, uh, I, I really don't have a lot of grip of what a 16 year old, what's going to be, uh, uh what's really going to invigorate them or whatever. Um, we mentioned earlier before this uh, recording began just how inept I am technology. So uh, a lot of that stuff goes over my head. Um, but like I mentioned, my job is to make sure that they have the resources that they need. And a lot of our programming is done because the programmer in person has an idea and has, uh, um, has a, a, a love of that particular subject. We have a, a land-based uh, thing that we just developed last year in the summer, and uh, we're really going to expand that this year because uh, our, our programmer in that situation just really is knowledgeable about the fact. Um, it's The kids love it. Um, so for me, I, I, I have some knowledge of that stuff, but not a, a, an exper expertise at, at, by any means. Um, so really, um, the direction is, is from the kids and the leaders that are doing that because it's something that is near and dear to them. And my job is just, uh, if it's positive programming, I'm going to be all, all for it. That's so cool. I love it. Well, Trevor, at the end of our time together, we do a little segment with every guest called just because where it's seven questions all about the causes you care about and why, and, uh, you want to go through them with me? Sure. All right. Question one, what is the very first cause you ever remember caring about even as a kid? As a kid, wow! You, I'm gonna have to say pass on that family feud style. Okay. Think about it in my head while yeah, I'm okay. doing that. Well, question two then. Uh, you might be able to get this one. If money, politics, and logistics were no issue at all for you, you could just snap your fingers 
and something would happen in support of your cause, what would you do? What would you do for, for Wasac or for Winnipeg or for anything? I think it would allow us to, to expand in terms of, uh, again, on a, a manageable growth, to be able to have more leaders uh, work for us, to be able to reach more uh, kids, to be, to be able to reach more communities in Manitoba, mm. um, travel and uh, uh, travel to remote communities sometimes uh, provides a huge barrier in terms of cost for it. Uh, so that would be mine, be able to, to get more kids to be able to uh, uh, reach WASAC programming. Yeah, for sure. It's huge. There's got to be such a huge desire for people to want to sort of be in the tent with you guys because of how awesome it is. Like, yeah, it's, it's got to be hope tough. So. <laughs> uh, question three, what's the biggest misunderstanding or stigma about, about your cause? Um, I think everyone thinks we're a sport organization. Um, and, and, and that's how we did start our, our, uh, our, our organization. But, uh, um, sport is definitely a big part of what we do, but we, we do it more recreational. It's, it's sport for social development, for lack of a better phrase. Um, whereas if you look like, if you're looking at somebody that comes to our program to go on to, uh, the, uh, national games or the North American indigenous games or the Olympics, uh, that's more the, uh, purview of, uh, of the Manitoba Aboriginal Sport and Recreation Council. So whenever anybody talks to us, they see sport in the name thinks we're, we're primarily a sport organization. Whereas I think more so we're more about uh, leadership development. Right. Yeah. Cool. Makes sense for sure. Uh, question four, what's a time in your life where you had to pivot because plan a wasn't working out so you had to switch over to plan b uh covid yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a huge uh, one. we had big plans for the summer of what we're going to be doing and uh we had to uh switch everything stop everything uh, at a standstill we couldn't go into any schools to recruit kids so uh oh. that definitely uh normally uh april may june is uh the time when we send out our uh uh, our uh, youth uh, WASAC leaders uh, into the schools and recruit all of these kids for our programs. We couldn't do that last year. So uh, we had to pivot, uh, do a lot of uh, uh, recruiting through social media, via telephone, uh, mm -hmm. old lists. Um, so uh, we got it done. We uh, had a lot of kids come through our, uh, our camp doors, just not all at once. Right. So that was a huge uh, pivot. No kidding. Yeah. That's we, we made up these questions before COVID. Like uh, I've been doing the podcast for longer than a year, obviously. So the questions before COVID were like, Oh, I, you know, when I went back to college or whatever, but now everyone's answer is like, well, about a year ago during COVID when everything changed. So yeah, maybe, maybe we need to adjust that question, but great answer. Um, question five, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given in your life? Best piece of advice is don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. Um, uh, there's stuff that could, could uh, take you off of your day's path uh, at a moment's notice if you allow it to. And the only way, the only thing that, that, that I like to say is that uh, 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 I feel how I want to feel. Uh, I'm in charge of how I want to feel about something. If I, if I allow myself to get angry or, uh, or uh, um, it, it takes me out of uh, what I'm doing uh, productively, uh, it's, I don't have time for it. So let's, let's try to, and I'm not saying that if somebody has a, a, a serious problem or something like that, that I'm not, but little details and stuff like that, don't allow it to, uh, to ruin your day and don't get too worked up about them and just find ways to get around that and work together to, to make it a, a, an improvement. I find myself uh, phrasing that sentiment slightly like uh, basically you can't control what happens in the, you can't control what happens in the world, but you can't control. Oh, I just had a. You can't control what happens in the world, but you can't control how you respond to it. And that's, exactly. you know, that, sounds like that's what, what I was saying. looking at. 
Yeah. That's what I was looking for there in terms of that, but I wasn't so uh, uh, eloquent. No, you're great. It's beautiful. Uh, question six, along the same lines of advice, what advice would you give your 10-year-old self if you could look back and talk to him right now? 10-year-old self, enjoy. Enjoy mm. being 10 years old and being able to run around and, uh, uh, and play and not be uh, have creaky bones. Uh, <laughs> I, I went out uh, last week to a golf simulator. So I hadn't golfed, I guess, since October, early October. And, and I really love to golf and I love to get out and do stuff. And uh, I, I find more and more uh, um, the bones start really hurting after that. So uh, at 10 years old, I can't imagine what it's like to wake up and be able to run a mile. Like no, no rest, nothing. No stretching. Yeah. And no. You- you are preaching to the choir right now. I'm 35 and yeah, my <laughs> girlfriend and I just went out and just played catch for about half an hour a couple days ago because it was nice out and you know, and my shins hurt. Oh, like I was like, why are my shins hurting? My shins have never hurt before. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to get better with age, is it? I'm just going to get continually oh, in more pain. I can't play catch anymore. I tore my rotator cuff. So it's just like, yeah, all underhand for me. There. There you go. Uh, do we want to skip back to the first cause you ever remember caring about back in the day? Question one. I think a lot of it had to do with uh, uh, um, children in care. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I, I've got some uh, relatives of mine that uh, uh, work uh, predominantly in that field and are uh, big advocates for uh, for uh, uh, helping out kids in care. And that was something that piqued my interest. And as an Indigenous person, uh, you see it uh, very prevalent. And uh, I think that was something like I, I was lucky uh, to have grown up in a family with uh, uh, both my mom and, and, and dad being there and being supportive. And uh, some uh, youth aren't uh, given that same uh, uh, circumstance. So uh, anything that we can do to, to make that better, easier uh, and uh, um, better for the kid involved, I think that that's probably near and dear to my heart back then and near and dear to my heart now. Beautifully said. Wonderful. Uh, the last question is often the hardest one, but uh, question seven is: What do you what do you want to be remembered for? Um, I, as a supporter, really. Mm. Um, I I, I don't. Uh, I, I'm not the architect of any sort of great program or plan or anything like that. Um, I've mentioned it countless times. This mm-hmm. my job is just to support our amazing staff and what they do. And 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 I think uh, the best compliment I could be given from uh, my staff, who who mean the world to me, is that uh, uh, they were never afraid to come to me with an idea or whatever it was, uh, without me being open and, and supportive to helping them. Um, I think that's my role. Uh, is just to be able to. Uh, uh, I don't want to be ever in a position to say no to uh, to our amazing team. Beautiful. Well, it's always great talking to you. It's always good vibes whenever we get to cross paths. Hopefully we can do it in person soon. Uh, so wasac.info is your website. Where where else can people find information about Wasac? W.ca. Oh, okay. Wasac.ca. Okay. Um, um, yeah, we have uh, wasac.ca. There's a Facebook uh, thing. I can't remember the, uh, the <laughs> handle on it right now, but I imagine it has something to do with Wasac. Uh, we do have a Wasa at Wasak News is our uh, Twitter handle. Cool. And uh, no, I just wanted to say too, like uh, the Winnipeg Foundation, uh, um, we mentioned earlier the the uh, stabilization grants uh, and how important they are to uh, organizations like ours, particularly Indigenous organizations that uh, uh, that uh, were uh, fearful with COVID uh, of what was going on and how their program would be. Uh, 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 
influenced by that. But uh, and, and and you yourself, uh, um, Carrie Ryan, uh, Noah Ehrenberg, uh, uh, Anna Tizaj, uh, um, Bridget DePop, Megan Tate, anyone. Whenever we've had uh, a question, uh, the Winnipeg Foundation has been for us, and, and that stems from Rick Frost and his amazing leadership, and congratulations to him on his retirement, and uh, and we're very proud to, to look forward to uh, working with uh, Sky Bridges as well, and uh, I can't say enough about how much you you and the Winnipeg Foundation and, and your group has uh, has helped ours. That's my pleasure. WASAC is awesome. So W-A-S-A-C dot C-A, if you want to learn more information, Trevor LaFord, Executive Director of the Winnipeg Aboriginal Sport Achievement Center, aka Wasak. Thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you soon in person at some cool event or something. But uh, take care of yourself. Yeah, thanks a lot, Nolan. Thank you again to Trevor LaFort for joining us on the podcast. Really great to see him again, not in person, but over Zoom and talk at length. You know, it was always a good conversation at events in the past. So, really nice to get to speak to him uh, in this context as well. And thank you for listening. I know everyone has a limited amount of time of hours in the day to consume podcasts or watch shows or, you know, whatever you happen to be doing. And the fact that you chose to listen to ours is very kind and uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. Thank you so much. I hope you got something from the conversation, uh, maybe a little bit of inspiration, whatever it might be. But if you did, please share it with a friend or family member. If you share the podcast, uh, we, you know, we do better and I can keep doing this for as long as possible. Uh, and if WASAC and their programming sounded interesting, give uh, it some more research go to wasac.ca w-a-s-a-c.ca and uh, and get involved and let's uh, let's make the world a better place if you're looking for more good news stories in winnipeg you can check out because radio the winnipeg foundation's weekly radio program on 93.7 cjnu every thursday at noon it airs live or streaming every week at becauseradio.org because in effect is a podcast of the Winnipeg Foundation. You can hear more about the foundation by viewing wpgfdn.org online or searching at wpgfdn on all social media platforms. I'm at Nolan Becknell signing off for another week. We'll see you next week where we talk to another great person doing good things in our world. Thank you again for listening. And remember, it's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get back up. Bye-bye.